Aaron is leaning heavily into the defend Kanye at all costs. Oh, well, he's been doing that for weeks. I could have told you that three weeks ago. Yeah, he's been doing that for weeks. But it's it's getting getting to the point now where it's like like, enough is enough. Exactly. Bro. Barbecue chicken. What did Kanye do wrong? How is it enough? Come on, man. You're a 45-year-old man. (laughs) Like, you know better. If niggas is getting uh, scared or feeling a type of way about claymation, we in a whole new era. It's not. It's not about the claymation itself. That's an oversimplified way to look at it. Yeah, exactly. Let's it's... see. All right. So here, I'm gonna write it on the side. Genius Part Three. Easy music video. I'm guessing is number two. Are we gonna talk about Batman? I mean, we can't really yeah. talk about. I gotta. It. W- I watch it tomorrow. I mean, even even so, we couldn't really say much. People don't like spoilers, but I haven't seen it. You're never gonna see it. Why would it not? It's Batman. I'm gonna hold you to that. Why wouldn't I see it? You don't go see movies. <laughs> I haven't even been allowed in a movie theater. I don't care, Junebug. You couldn't. That you had the same excuse four years ago when there was a, a pandemic. That I'm not allowed. No. Let's get to the real root of the issue. How many times has Junebug flaked on you when you invited him to go to the movies and he's like, nah? You've never invited me to a movie ever. I don't think. All right. So why is that? That's not even there? how. That's that's not even he how our relationship operates. Every movie. I'm I just like, don't watch oh, movies oh, often. Movie, oh, let's talk about it. Nah, I haven't seen it yet. Yo. You've never said I just watched a movie. Let's talk about it. Like yo, that's never yo, happened. Remember fucking Thor one? Nah, son, don't talk about. It. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just haven't seen no Marvel movies, so I can't ever talk about Marvel and movies. Spider-Man: No Way Home is a fucking classic. Yeah, I, I don't like. I, I didn't understand why, why you was picking that that argument. Like no, you understood no. my argument, right, Aaron? What? The argument where I was like, "Oh, scary movie, classic." And he was like, "That's a classic," and I'm like, "Well, like not in the not in the way that it's like like Grammy, like I mean, Oscar fucking nominated. Oscar nominated, classic. but like don't be a menace, classic. Like I, I thought it was very like clear what I was going for. I, listen. You no just said five guy. minutes ago that you barely watch movies, so now you're calling... Those are movies from when I was young. Spider-Man No Way Home, I haven't seen. I'm just saying, based on its performance and based on what I've heard, it's easy to consider that uh, going-to-be-classic kind of movie. Going-to-be-considered classic. It literally broke okay. all-time records, and anything I've ever heard about it was good. So is, it, is your barometer for a classic just being successful? What does classic mean to you? There's like two types of classics. It's like classic, like that was an amazing film classic, and then there's classic, like the nostalgic kind of classic. Where's where's the issue? I mean, my my definition of classic would be something that's universally resonated with people, not necessarily something that was commercially successful. Sometimes that aligns and there are things that are commercially successful and resonate with people. But then you have other things that are just commercially successful, but... Well, I don't care about commercial success. I'm just saying that Spider-Man was definitely universally resonated with upon from audiences that I've spoken to. Like, I I haven't heard any single negative thing like about Spider-Man. 
way have you seen in spider-man yeah i saw it you didn't like it <laughs> like what I, you have some venom to i, I no enjoyed it i enjoyed it i liked it but because i enjoyed it and like it doesn't make it a classic to me maybe it's me because i have a higher maybe i'm taking it first of all clearly i'm taking it a little bit too literal when you say classic yeah. But it's now, like when you say something's goaded, you don't actually mean it's the greatest thing of all time, all the time that you say it. Like there's sometimes right. where you're talking about Jordan's the goat and you actually mean greatest of all time. And then you'd be like, oh, that's just goaded. And it's just like a way to be hyperbolic. Okay. Mm. Okay. That's why I like you guys. You use the big words. <laughs> I've been using the fucking word hyperbolic all day. Just because I was explaining Gary V. I was talking to Joseph about Gary V. Oh, I know that guy. So I was like, bro, I was like, I understand why some people like think he's hyperbolic. Like he has a clip where he's like, where he's like, I would tear my fucking arms off to be 20 whatever again. 25. And I'm like, man, I really been here like. Bro, I'd rip both my legs off and arms to be 25 <laughs> on some real shit. I'd give up everything I have to be 25 just to play again. Like obviously he says dumb, like over the top shit and he just exaggerates. I get that why that would rub people the wrong way. Yo, have they done have they done like a skit on him on SNL when like somebody's impersonated him? I don't think so. I've I seen, think it would um, be a perfect one. I've seen Cody yeah. Ko on his podcast and his uh co host kinda make a joke about yeah, it. Yeah, maybe Pete Davidson could play him. Are you really just like Pete Davidson? I think he. I think it would fit. Yeah, maybe he could suggest he needs meds. He didn't Damn. suggest he needed meds. He suggested he take the meds that he was already prescribed to have needed. Yeah, and it was fine because it was a joke. It was fine because it's true, and it was fine because it was in the context of SNL and comedy. He wasn't just randomly talking shit. He was doing his job. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Aaron, <laughs> the same person who was so concerned about what North was watching on TikTok. That's what I'm saying. not nearly as concerned about what her dad That's the point I made is last saying week. on social media. Yeah, because his daughter shouldn't be on social media seeing him say that. No, but what? what his thoughts and whatever he's saying on social media is getting back on the news to outlets that are not social media. She's what nine, ten years old. She's hearing whatever he says. Like I couldn't play Grand Theft Auto, but I knew my dad was fucking in and out of jail. Do not see the correlation. Yeah, I don't either. But sounded good. <laughs> my dad was fucking motherfuckers up. My father was robbing. He was doing whatever he had to do in the streets. But he didn't want me playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> but that's just a disconnect. That's like how parents are, though. Parents wouldn't have wanted me on social media or playing, like, Call of Duty is a better example. But it's not like playing Call of Duty is going to make me want to shoot people, like I said a couple weeks ago. But I will say that... He calls him skeet in front of her. As I, as I noted a couple episodes ago, Listening to Pusha T does make me want to sell crack at times. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. I never act on those impulses. Exactly. That's the difference. (laughs) But uh, I'm like, yeah. And and learning to shoot a gun the first time made me want to shoot the gun more. But, you know, I I, I reeled it. I reined it in. And, you know, I'm good now. Don't judge me out there, people. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with slinging some crack every now and then. People got to do what they got to do. Agree to disagree, <laughs> but you agree to disagree as well. I take it. Listen, Aaron can't be the only one out here making like 
controversial statement. So like, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't even think Aaron's making the statements for the purpose of controversy though. No, he actually <laughs> Yeah, he's believes he's all in. He's all in. <laughs> he's all in. Consider controversial. Don't seem controversial to me. <laughs> Are we almost so, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I, I feel like I'm we've just, been already I mean, having we, a podcast. That's what I feel like, yeah, but I'm just, like, just I'm like still like expecting Aaron to intro us. I'm, I'm about to. Three, two, It up like Forrest Gump, makes with Hussein Ball, but you never really made it back. You kept paving waves. When I spin the globe, I'm connected across the map. I'm a walking business brand. I'm a mogul with LLC. What you telling me? You don't even <laughs> like just, just, just tell us. Well, I only count because I see y'all waiting and you was drinking. Just be like, well, welcome to the hey, podcast, yo. I guess. Like, we here we go. We welcome already to the picked no it up. Welcome to the No Politics Podcast. It's your motherfucking boy, faking no moves. It's your motherfucking boy, Eric BMYC. I'm just your boy, Oregon Genius. I'm not... Nah, that's your motherfucking boy, <laughs> working Genius. Y'all both angry. <laughs> yeah. Y'all both coming out swinging. I'm on one right now. An hour, so we ready. I see that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. If it's worth talking about, we talking about it. Yes, sir. You already know. And what are we talking about today? A weekly dose. That's right. Yo, can we add yeah. gunshots like post op? Post op. Post production, not post op. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Start the podcast. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right. So the after hours. This is what week three of our Kanye genius uh, recaps. It's the final one. I thought you were right? going to call it documentary tour, but yeah. Well, it's documentary, right? So what yes. do they call them? We had, we spoke on the first two, what were they called, first chapters or parts? It was Act 1, Vision, Act, Act 2, Purpose, vision. and now Act 3, Awakening. Awakening. All right, yes. so what do you guys, uh, what was your takeaway now that you guys saw all three parts? You know, just like a brief, obviously we're going to run through everything, but like, what about you, Aaron? What did First, first thing that comes to mind as far as uh, your takeaway from everything. Well, automatically, as soon as it was done, I was like, damn. I wish Cootie would have been able to, like, go on tour with him and things like that. I didn't really have a final, like, thought about the whole total product. I just thought about the shit that could have been. Okay. So I was like, damn, I wish Cootie would have been on tour for College Dropout, Late Registration, graduation 808 even if it would have ended at them not being together no more after he's on tour with him for like 808s then i would have been like not mad at that you know i would have been like okay cool and then they link back up later on and shit but i really wish cootie would have been on because even if kanye had other people filming certain things in a professional way that side homeboy like inside camera is such a dope thing the intimacy of it like yeah like, that was just yeah, people. exactly so that's what i really came away from it thinking i i thought the same thing while watching it but the only difference is is i came to kind of appreciate the fact that the couple years in between where he wasn't with him day to day i think made it dope from this standpoint 
because you got to see what Kanye was before on what first two three projects and then when he reunited with him you got to see the person he was then and it was a stark difference from the person that we saw in act one and the beginning of act two and then once we got to act three it was like it was he was far more um obviously way more successful but he was also just heightened like the stuff that was there before about him was now on 10 what about you uh sessa uh before i even get to the question just to respond to that i think it was interesting because we definitely saw a different kanye in part three for most of it and then i like that like towards the latter half of part three he's talking to a group of people i believe like in the studio and he's telling them how uh he literally explains it like when i was dead almost like those years that like cootie wasn't around and he kind of detached and he was kind of going through his stuff and figuring this stuff out before he found god like he considers that dead death you know what i mean and so like i just that was just a kind of are you talking about the conversation they were having in China in the car? Was no. that that quote from No, there? it was they were in he was in the studio. Okay. He said he came he was like he explained where he was at and talking about his faith as coming alive again. Oh, this is the Jesus mm-hmm. uh Jesus king. is king uh exactly. sessions. sessions. Okay. Exactly. But overall uh my takeaways I I think that Kanye is more self-aware than like I thought I knew because he does do things where he kind of acts out and you're like bro you gotta know better but there are multiple times in part three especially where he talks about how he knows he doesn't get the message out the right way and he knows he struggles to communicate with the public and he so he's very much aware of it but it's almost like he just can't help it but so it's not like when he's doing things it's like man Kanye what do you like almost like he's he's acting out and he's unaware that like this is a part of who he is but like he's very much aware of it and stuff like that but overall I thought it was a great documentary series it was good to see old Kanye and you know it was very motivating but it's it was it was tough to see like you know how even though at it was weird because as he got more successful and everything heightened for him kind of like on the inside or like his true self kind of was like going through it and struggling and going downhill right yeah my um my takeaway from it was it's interesting i found the, the third installment the most fascinating to me and the reason being like obviously his story is one that resonates with people just because he was the underdog he came out as the underdog like he was having doors slammed in his face and for him to become what he became and for him to predict it and speak it into existence is incredible but a lot of the stuff that was in the first two episodes if you're a hip-hop head if you're somebody that's followed his career closely if you listen closely to his interviews in the past to to interviews with people who were around him during that time 
a lot of the stuff that was featured in there was stuff that was kind of referenced before. It just pieced it together. We never saw it kind of play out. We just heard it from stories. The, the third part, though, this final part, was interesting to me because it kind of pulled the curtain back on who he is now. And we haven't seen an up close and personal thing. Like, I guess if you watch the Kardashians, I think he used to appear on that show Aaron every does. now and then. Aaron, you watch it, figures. Yeah. Um, but not no like, more, especially if Skeet's on it. <laughs> you know, Kardashians is a produced show, though, right? So, like this, the thing about this documentary, it's not really overly produced. It's like a fly on the wall perspective to these sessions and these conversations that are ha being had and it's almost like we're like we're like this invited guest and we have to kind of be in the corner and act like we're not uh you know we have to act like we're invisible kind of and just be privileged to be in the room and witnessing what we're witnessing and that's kind of the, the feel that i got while watching this stuff um yeah like some of these things some of the stuff that i saw like made me feel sad like honestly for him my biggest takeaway is him as a person like i feel you know i feel for him in a way like um you know but um it doesn't erase kind of the stuff that he may have said or done at times not trying to play you know um uh, judge and jury and or hold him to some ungodly moral standard because at the end of the day he's a man and he's an artist and he's gonna fuck up and make mistakes like anybody but i understand him a little bit better and what he's going through and i think it highlighted that if anything else you know like even if you were somebody who didn't really who fell out of love with him at least you could look at this and be like I don't like this, but man, at least I understand it a little bit better. He's going through shit, and the documentary did show that, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> One thing I was going to say, too, is like, with the disconnect, like, you see Kanye before the deal trying to get on, and you see how comfortable he is with Cootie on the, on the fucking camera, you know what I'm saying? But then when they do link back up, like, he seems like he's, like, standing to the side, like, damn, like... He might even be thinking to himself, like, are we cool like that? Should I go, like... But he's just kind of like... It, it comes off like he's ignoring Cootie just standing there, you know? And um, it's it's interesting that from Cootie's perspective, he's like, you know, I wasn't invited on tour. I did feel bad and shit. Kanye's life was changing quickly. He was going through a whole other thing. We were separating. But his mom, Donda, Kanye's mom had him come start recording her life for some yeah. for a documentary and shit and it says that says a lot too like you know like maybe his mom noticed it but she knew that cootie was good you know so why not you know try to give him an opportunity to work with her and keep him around you know so i like that about the the story too and and anything with donda was sad that yeah. that was definitely sad like how fast it happened to it felt like you know like one moment she's it was like sudden yeah becoming his business partner and then the next moment she's gone he doesn't have that like he was crazy and, and we touched about like yo he had his mom in the studio with puff and game we personally probably would have never did something like that 
But it just goes to show that he started being day to day with his mother, like taking it to another level, and then it just got taken away from him. So I made um, to hop on that point. I made a, a note. There was a quote in the documentary uh, that Cootie said, referencing Donda, Kanye's mom, where he says, "It was like the bigger he got, the more he wanted her around." Yeah, and, and I, I, uh, I made some notes on that too but continue no so i mean i was gonna say yeah i agree 100 percent. like people have said it and even before we got to the point where they were gonna show the aftermath of his mom's death you know we kind of spoke on it you know episode or two earlier where we we all kind of sense just by watching their interactions how special of a person his mom was in his life and also, uh, we could see why so many people who were in his inner circle at one time and just people who were observers of him and covered him over the years said that he hit a turning point when she died and he changed. Yeah. You know, and you could, you could see why that might, you know, might have happened. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, like, Based on the same quote you said, like the bigger he got, the more he wanted her around. Like that was that was one of my favorite things because I I feel like he was just unashamed of her. Like he lo- he wasn't embarrassed by her. He he loved her to the point where he was unashamed of her. And like Aaron said, like some people wouldn't even bring their mom around. You know, certain people. Um, I mean, I I I would hate to feel like I would do something like that. Like. Because I I don't feel, like, embarrassed by my mom or anything. So, like, but just, it's more of, like, even the trust factor of having her there. Yeah, just having her in the environment, you know. Just is is dope, and it shows how close they were. And um, even as she became his business partner, she says something to the effect of, like, the parenting part is over. Like, now it's guidance and discussions Mm -hmm. as, as, you know, when when we talk. But what does he need that now? Yeah. yeah. And you know what it made me feel like too? It was like he kind of, maybe it came off to me, right? Where it was like, I might not be perfect. I might say things that rubs people the wrong way or might come out the right, wrong way. But look at my mom. She's the one who raised me. And it was like a thing. Like Donda West and Kanye West were, you know what I'm saying? Like they balanced each other. Like everyone was like, yo, he has a great mom. Like they knew he wasn't misguided. He was just getting his point across the wrong way sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Because he got criticized when he said George Bush doesn't like black people. You know what I'm saying? But he, he had a he had a, a, a reason for his feelings and shit. You know what I'm saying? He just, you know, so. Was also definitely gonna, was important. I was going to also talk about, obviously, the Hey Mama scene where he's performing it in the, like, the kitchen with her. Oh man! They're just wrapping it together. That got me. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if y'all noticed this, but did do y'all notice like when it got to the like uh, towards the end where he's, it's like you know I love you so he's he's he doesn't say he like almost like hesitates to say like he loves her like almost like I did y'all pick that up or no? It's like he'll go uh, uh, like he almost like kind of just. Say, mama, I, 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 I want to scream so loud with you. 
Cause I'm so proud of you and uh, let me tell you what I'm about to do, mama. You know I love you so and I never let you go and I wrote this song just so you know no matter where you go, I love you. And then the scene after they're on the stairs, on the steps of, I guess, his childhood home. And um, even when he's like, you the best mom, like he like covers his face, like yeah. very childlike, very innocent. Mm -hmm. And like, so, so I thought it was cool that that scene came right after me noticing uh, the, the love part, because it's I almost like he's so face. like. I think Childlike he was afraid of how vulnerable and emotional his love for his mom could make him. To the point where, like, face-to-face, -face, he didn't even want to, like, say, like, I love you. Or it was hard for him, even though we know he does and we know he feels it. It's almost like when you have a, you have a love someone so much that when you kind of reflect on how much you love them, you almost, like, break down right there. No? I mean, I'm like that with my little brother. Anytime I talk about how much I love my brother and like just the lengths I feel like I would go for him, like it makes me emotional to the point where like I, it's hard to acknowledge it yeah. without uh, getting I emotional. And that's how I felt. That's how I felt when like I know, like w when, when he kind of was like, uh, like he, he almost didn't say it or like looked down, looked away. I didn't think of it like, hey, why he ain't saying I love you to his mom? Yeah, yeah. I immediately like felt like, damn like that's probably how much he she means to him that it's like hard for him to like allow point. himself to like feel all those emotions and to be that vulnerable but like and also just, do you, do you think in those moments he might be extra like it didn't seem like he was overly conscious of the camera where he was playing up to the camera too much i think for the most part he was being himself but do you think in those moments where he was being vulnerable with his mom where he was extra conscious that a camera was there that made him whatever. i'm not i'm not sure i don't i like like you said he doesn't seem like he plays up to the camera much especially like early on in the doc in the documentary um so i don't know if that's the reason uh but i don't know he, he definitely had that like shy nature about it what's well, and it to, was like to hop on that though um sweet yeah you said childlike and shy nature do you remember fast forwarding towards the end of the documentary he's in a car and he has his father on speaker and this is on the heels of him giving his first speech. presidential speech where he breaks down crying um he tells a story about that his dad was going to uh abort him you know, at the time where his mom was pregnant with him. Um, and similarly, he thought about doing the same with North when uh, when uh, Kim was pregnant and they both decided against it. But when he's talking with his dad, I got the same sense where like his dad kind of just was just like really calm and was just like giving him like really simple advice. He's like he was hearing him and Kanye was rambling on. He was going in all different directions. He's like, hey, I just want to make sure that you're okay and you're doing okay. And then Kanye starts going into some like diatribe and he's going in all these different directions. And then his dad was like, look, you just write your speech next time. Mm -hmm. And then Kanye goes, okay. And then he like looks in the back. He's like, yo, let's write it next time. 
yeah right yeah. it's very <laughs> childlike and then yeah. and then what i loved too where he tells the story about the first time him riding a bike and kanye tells his dad he's like he uses it his first time riding a bike as an analogy to him and what he's doing in the presidential campaign and his you know his foray into being a presidential candidate and he goes uh, i have it written here he says the first time i rode a bike i fell i'm going to get to the point of popping willies i wrote it too i'm reading it yeah yeah and it, and it makes you know basically saying that give me some time like yeah. i'm going to get through it i'm going to work my way to a point where i'm going to master it yeah. you know and 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 stuff like that and i thought that whole that whole exchange was dope and and one other thing and this kind of got me too like if you remember when he gets out the car and when he's on the conversation with his dad and he's telling the story about him popping willies and he tells his dad he's talking about the fact that he went down a hill with his bike for the first time in atlanta and his dad goes yeah i was running alongside you to keep up with you and then kanye slips in Mm-hmm. I need you beside me now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that shit. And it's very subtle, right? It's so subtle. Yes. But like, I felt it. I was like, damn. Yes. Dude. And yeah. and 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 basically, he is. That is his way of kind of asking or crying out for help. Mm-hmm. In the same way that he needed his mom. You know, and and I don't think there was any mistake, or I, that's the wrong word. I don't think there was any coincidence that his mom had an increasingly larger presence in his career as he rose up to the top and got bigger. When Cootie said what he said, it made perfect sense because I feel like Ye recognized that he needed that kind of guidance and support system. And she was some she was the person that he trusted the most in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And and I could imagine like, you know, you lose one parent and you could feel lost and then if you feel like you don't have that connection with your father as well you know and you have a parent that is alive but you just don't have a connection you might feel like you have nobody because parents are important in your life yeah. you know so uh, just imagine a person who's going through all this in the limelight and feels like he doesn't have nobody you know even though he has a, a million people that love him but it's like I don't have no parents I don't have nobody you know, you know what I'm saying? And now at this, yeah. it did look like he's later on when he started getting into his faith and his, his Christianity, he wanted to connect with his father, you know, and build that, that bond and shit. And then, like you and said. Even before connecting with his father, he wanted to connect with the people that were there before he took off, right? Yeah. So he started kind of like refreshing his circle again almost like bringing cootie back around more and because he mentions how he was around influences during those years the years that he was dead and that weren't i guess beneficial to him as a person maybe to his success and you know the money and stuff like that but not to like who he was before the fame and and stuff like that reminds me of when he's talking with his father he's like and, and cootie's like let me say hi and then he's like, Dad, he's been here from the beginning. He did through the wire. Jesus walks. Like, he has, like, and he's, like, excited to tell him, like, yo, Dad, like, you know? And he's like, and then he looks and he's like, can we get that to my dad, the stuff you're working on? Like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 
I I uh, also I even wanted to talk about the period of time where kind of like he he changes up where like him and Cootie could be in the same place and there wasn't that energy there wasn't that excitement right no, and sad. like it was so sad and it was so hard to see and because we're yeah. hearing it from Cootie's perspective and like from Cootie's perspective it's like it wasn't me like I know it's not me that's kind of detached right now or that's causing the disconnect it's, it's kind of like it's on the side of Kanye but Kanye hasn't actually communicated to you why that is so I don't know if y'all have ever had that with a friend where like y'all was mad close before and then at some point it just don't feel the same but you know in your mind like well it ain't me because I'm, I'm trying to connect you know what I mean I'm tri- but it's like they closed off to you now yeah 100%. and it's like it's so it's that's such a like a difficult thing to deal with especially for someone that like it's like damn i, I want to be there for you though because i love you like i got mad love for you dog like and and you know what he's going through and you know his mother passed and you know how traumatic that could be on his life and it's like you want to be there for them but there's just that disconnect and they're not allowing themselves to open up to you or communicate with you and it was like kanye just totally kind of shut him out and that's not to like blame kanye or anything but just well, he deserves blame I'm not uh, saying yeah, it's I, all him, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he had the power to kind of change that. Like when they, yeah. when his handlers told Cootie after Kanye invited him to the Glow in the Dark tour to, to shoot footage, and they told him we ain't got room for you anymore um, mm-hmm. to travel with us, mm-hmm. and he was sent home. That's fucked up. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like because I feel like that was like a like a way. Like his handlers, like power to be like exactly. It was almost like I felt the same. It was almost like, damn, did he put in that thing? Like to tell them, to tell him, we ain't got room for him, so that I don't gotta deliver that message, kind of thing. Could have been. I I don't know. You know, he was going through stuff, so like, any you can't, you can't, um, you can't dismiss anything. I say this though: everybody needs a cootie in their life, like. That dude is a solid stand-up I, dude. I literally wrote a note, and it just said, Cootie's a real one. Yeah. Just simple as that. From, like, when he ended up in the hospital trying to call him, reaching. Like, it was like he could see all through everything, and he just wanted to be there for Kanye. Every yeah. every time something something went down, like, what he felt like, cry, this is a cry for help, or Kanye could, you know, need someone. He yeah. was there, you know what I mean? While I, I, having a family of his own and shit, like... How yeah. how sad was it, like, yo, he ends up getting access to the Pablo uh, listening uh, release party and fashion show at MSG. Mm-hmm. He goes there. He gets near Ye, pushes there. Big Sean, Cuddy. That's another thing. That Cuddy... Seeing Cuddy and Ye so happy and like like bros mm-hmm. like that. Seeing them record Kids See Ghosts. Like that shit kind of hurt to see also on the whole other thing. Because now you see them beefing again, falling out again over the P. Davidson stuff or whatever. I mean, we'll get into that yeah. later. But, um, and they fell that, out before that though. Or yeah, after yeah. that with um, after the Pablo before see, Kids See Ghosts because of Drake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, fell, they fell out. <clears throat> After Pablo, and then they reunited for Kids See Ghosts a couple years later. But long story short, like, um, it was sad because you you see Cootie said 
that he wanted to have a conversation about uh, with him like a one-on-one and kind of like catch up but there was a crush of people around and it wasn't an opportunity to do that he wanted to kind of kind of have a heart-to-heart kind of thing yeah yeah and and he he mentioned the daughters like he had a daughter who was Mm -hmm. a little bit older than north he wanted to kind of link on that level too like yo like look look what's happened in the six years that we were apart like you have a family now you're married now i'm married i have a daughter they never really got to do that and like that hurt him seen that the home video with his daughter mentioning kanye yeah, yeah yeah that was cool she had a lot of good things to say too yeah she was smart but she, she was, was also like be kind and yeah. you know she was it was it was more than just like the the having the talent to do it it was almost like yeah. staying a good person at the same time but um and then like yeah it was so hard to see uh or it was it was weird to see not weird but like you almost knew when they met back up in 2017 and Kanye showed Cootie mad love where they reconnected it was almost like hard to believe like this is the same Kanye that when Cootie was in the studio with him he was like don't film me or like it was almost like he didn't feel welcome you know that was and that was tough to watch that was yeah, tough too that was said, a Yo, that was yeah like especially cuz you know what, that's what, what he do what you know what album was that were they working was well he was no uh, remember GLC who was GLC. featured yeah, yeah, who yeah. was who used to be a part of Kanye's camp and, and he had a falling out with him and currently yeah, yeah. I don't think are yeah. is on good terms. He's also yeah, he was there at uh, on um college dropout, was it Spaceships? He was yeah. on that song. So GLC had requested that Cootie come and shoot some stuff of him in the studio and he had mentioned that Kanye was gonna be there. So Kanye was there, and then Cootie was taking footage like he was asked to do. And um, he said it was a very cold kind of reception, and that it was the first time that he ever felt like he wasn't wanted and not welcomed. And then the first time ever Kanye signaled to him to cut off the camera. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's got to be such a tough position to be in, especially because it's like you could kind of tell like Kanye ain't even really want to acknowledge him in those moments, and it was like to see that to see him kind of go through that phase, and then to see when they link back up how how excited he was to see Cootie, how energized he he was. It was like it was like you knew like damn like. You can just see the difference of like, yo, Kanye was a different person during that phase, during whatever he was going through. Like, he he was going through it because to see the difference in the reaction Cootie got the next time around was just like that was dope. And I love that uh, the same way you was like Cootie, you know, wanted to talk to Kanye. I love that when he finally got a chance to, after they was connecting, uh, he he made sure to talk to him about God. And like that was like something he wanted to kind of. I think whenever people are lost, right, and I think Kanye was in a place where he was lost and, like, they need some sort of guidance, right? He, he lost Donda, and so, obviously, he was just kind of going and nothing to kind of steer him. The circle around him wasn't the same people, and I feel like in moments like that, you gotta, you need someone in your life to remind you of something that's in the bigger picture, like God, you know, whatever you believe in, right? And that kind of, like almost helps you refine some sort of guidance 
some something to aim towards. You know what I mean? Where he didn't have his mother's influence anymore, right, on the day to day. But now, you know, you Cootie felt like his the main job he he wanted the main point he wanted to get across once he got a chance to talk to him was to tell him about God and a relationship with God and to remind him of that because that's a part of his roots and shit too, especially yeah. like knowing the woman his mother was and. So I thought that was dope. That what did y'all think about um? What did y'all think about when Cootie? This was like early in the in the third act, um, where he's kind of talking about the fact that there is now a distance, and he feels kind of hurt that he's on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. and then he he mentions that he wanted to release the documentary or prepare. To, to release the footage that he had up until that point we're talking about was it he had footage from like 2002 to like 2007 2008 or whatever and he wanted to re, you know to start working on putting something together and Kanye he said that Kanye said he's not ready for the world see to see the real it. him to see the real him and then I'm paraphrasing here but he also said and I found this interesting this is what I wanted to ask what you guys thought about that he wanted to know he he mentioned that Kanye told him that he's an actor now mm. he's acting he's yeah. acting yeah. what 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 do you think first of all that he meant by that because it does come back later on in the in the final act where Cootie says he thought he was acting this whole time or whatever mm, or yeah. playing some character but then he kind of realized you thought he was just doing it for the performances he said right this is kind of him though mm-hmm. like the good and the bad it's all him yeah what did you guys think about that statement or you know that shit was deep i just feel like kanye convinced himself that because now the the limelight was on him and it was like, I got to live up to something now. So now I got to act to be this person. And then slowly, I think we all witnessed it take its toll on him. And that's why this documentary is so fucking deep. Because it gets to that point where now even his closest friends who and go, went through ups and downs with him got, got pushed away, then brought back just to be felt played or not welcome just to then reconnect over God and all that could be like yo i don't know if it was an act or not now and matter of fact it wasn't this is this is him you know so right that's i mean i I think i think what you said like take it took a toll on him eventually like when you are acting if you are in any walk of life whatever you do if you're performing or putting on a front about who you are or you're making sure to only show this certain side of you that's work and that's gonna take a toll. And think about how many years, and then how many years he did that without his mother around to kind of guide him and you know have those moments of reflection with him. Like, Only that he didn't take a break. Remember, he he kept they showed working. footage yeah, yeah. They of him nonstop. A week later on the stage for the Glow in the Dark tour, um, and he's saying his mom would have told him. Yeah. And he he was kind of ranting against public perception, the media, and even people close to him who were calling him and telling him, you need to take time, you need to take a break. And he wasn't with that at all. He was like, if my mom was here, she would have told me to keep 
keep performing and keep whatever, whatever. Yeah, but you could tell, you, you could great. tell though, it wasn't. It was he, too soon though. He thought that was the therapy he needed, yes. but it wasn't. In hindsight, great point. Great point. You know, but he, I feel he genuinely thought like this is what my mom would have wanted me to do. This is gonna help me, but really, it made him push the people closest to him away. And it was a coping mechanism, you think, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. when when traumatic experiences happen, a lot of people end up some not, some people end up kind of diving headfirst into whatever their passion is, it, whether it be their to keep their work their mind off the fact of what's right. actually happening that's exactly. really affecting you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like he technically ended up being on that stage, not being able to cope with his mom's passing. You know, it was like keeping his mind off it, but really it was eating him alive. Yeah. And I don't think it was the right decision. Maybe he did need time, but well, I guess we'll never know. I mean, I mean, he bottled it for sure. You know what I mean? He bottled it and stayed dis- and tried to keep himself distracted. And like, I think we've all been there, right? Where we're going through something. And I remember I fucking, I had a falling out with my, with, with my ex at some point. And Aaron was like, hop on to Fortnite. And, like, I use that as, like, a fucking way to distract myself. Like, we've all been there, you know? So, like, it's hard to say. It's hard to be like, damn, Kanye, you fucked up. Like, obviously, you know, like, he was probably dealing with it the best way he thought he knew how. Just like we would, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes we do need those people around us to kind of let us know, like, hey, like, it's okay to process this and to take your time and to really go through the motions and all the steps of grieving so that you can face it so that it doesn't bottle up and so that it doesn't down the line come out in different ways you know and potentially destructive ways right so right one more one more thing i wanted to say was i love how the quote the giant quote by Donda com- comes back towards the oh, end. Oh, of course. That was Donda so saying you need an angel comes back towards the end. It all it's, comes full circle. It's crazy like, because oh, man, in the first episode when she said that, I wrote yeah. it down. I wrote down not not the, the angel. I wrote down the Everyone angel part. Everyone needs an angel. Yeah. Everyone needs an angel. And my first thought it was It sounded like, like it was like a theme for the, for the documentary. Like, yeah, and know? my first thought was like, Yo, Donda loved him so much that, like, when it came time, she became his angel kind of thing. But, like, I thought that might sound, like, too corny to say. So, I I, did, I never said it. And because but, the circumstances was unfortunate the way. Exactly. Passed, so, exactly. So, you don't want to you know. do it like it's some divine kind of. But we don't know, right? But it's well, it's also funny because in, in this same part three. At some point, she goes like the parenting ended, right? Like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's like there was nothing. There was nothing more for her to do as a parent, and now it's like I'm a watch over you type vibe. So yeah. I, I don't know, but she was deep, man. Yeah, she she was crazy. You know what? I was thinking also like this documentary is kind of it's a lot more than just a documentary about Kanye to me it's equally a, a documentary about Cootie because oh, yeah it the is parallels yeah and and if you think about it like yeah the parallels of their daughters being born you know separated by like a year or two or whatever the the death of his dad the death of his mom uh, uh Kanye's mom Cootie's dad 
um they have these life altering events and stuff like that and it's like you see how both of them deal with it to a degree but the the biggest takeaway is to me cootie is not only doing a voiceover on this documentary just to kind of describe scenes but he's also i feel like talking to kanye like I think it, when Kanye watches this in its totality, yeah. especially the third act, I think there's a lot of things that he said on there that were directed towards him. That if Kanye has any heart, <laughs> which I, he does, that shit has to hurt him or hit him in a way and resonate with him. Especially since he had love for him at one point and probably yes. still does. But mm-hmm. to hear his boy talk about him and talk about him with that kind of love and kind of talk about him reflective like damn like I, I I feel like I'm so proud of him I have to make peace with the fact that I wasn't around for these couple years and we were not as tight as we once was but I'm still gonna you know champion him and I'm still gonna be proud of what he accomplished yeah. you know like that shows kind of true character and how selfless he is as an individual. And it kind of gets into also like, if there's one person that really did believe in him from the beginning, there's proof Cootie did. Cootie dropped everything to fucking record him mm-hmm. when he was nobody. He didn't have. Yeah. A and it wasn't. It's not just words neither. It you see it in the actions that he took by yeah. doing that. It's not yeah. like it's 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 a lot easier to say. You know, like man, like Cootie definitely you know showed him love early on. Yeah. Like and no, I, he didn't just I, show him love. He dropped everything. He deferred he his own dreams. Exactly. Like, that's... The yeah. action backed that up. Yeah. Right. He and deferred his own dreams and ended up finding his purpose. Cody's yeah. purpose, and like he said it, it was, or it was ordained in his opinion. God used him as a tool to tell Kanye's story. And in the process of that... He found himself in the thing that he always wanted to do that his dad instilled in him. His dad always had a a camera. And as a kid, he always had a camera. And that wasn't the path he was going. You know, he was doing comedy Comedy, and stuff. And Kanye, by filming Kanye and going all in on that, he ended up finding himself too. And and you know what else? Um to piggyback off what you were kind of saying too with Kanye seeing it like you can tell it's hit Kanye where Kanye is realizing like oh shit like like kind of what the whole world's realizing you know like how real cool he was the whole process how vulnerable he was and where this journey and this process has taken him and you see him referencing things like back to college dropout and things and he's new in his new verses you know what I'm saying? Like, and um, even I think he said it in the documentary in the end, they were all together. And he said some shit about we got to take it back to that. Like the beginning. It's a college dropout. He specifically mentions college dropout. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I love that uh, conversation that they had um, in the car. So when they're in China, I believe, and uh, they're visiting the factories uh, for like the, um, the Yeezy uh, line, the, the sneaker line with Adidas yeah. and stuff. Um, they're having this deep conversation. I think you kind of touched on it where they're talking about God and stuff. Mm-hmm. And don't, um, don't don't take my line. So I wanted line? to say it. 
you want me to take your line? Go ahead. I think we're saying the same thing. Well, the line I wrote down was, I thought I was the god of culture. Is that what you got? No, but that's a good one. What I was going to say is... I was going to bring that up too. I was going to say, the one who says, I was confused. I couldn't figure out where I was going. I hit a breaking point. Came out of it thinking clearly. And then Cootie said... Sometimes God has to sit you down to wake you up. Mm. Yeah. You know, that was that yeah. was deep. That was super deep because he he hit rock bottom. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, like Cootie's back in his life, at least for for the time being. And and he has, you know, people that he feels that he could trust and stuff. You see Cuddy back around at the same time after they had their thing. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, man, it's it's it's, it's interesting. What, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say when he says, uh, "I thought I was the god of culture, but culture was my god, and now I'm no great longer a slave." Mm-hmm. Like that was when he was finding God as well, and like, mm-hmm. and and it's funny because we you know we see him mention like um, he has the whole rant about like. I am a god and he's like when I say that it's because I believe like I am a god you, you remember I think it's yeah, the same yeah. interview as the god got uh, meme interview mm-hmm. um, but like so so it's like he really because that, that was the thing with Kanye it was like as like before seeing the documentary there were moments where you're like alright well, does he believe in god and there was people that questioned it like I believe even Rosenberg they had a snippet of Rosenberg saying it was like convenient it seemed convenient that he started doing the Sunday services and you know after all of the things so there was moments where he like yo is Kanye like does Kanye really believe in god because then he calls himself fucking Jesus and then he says I am a god and so there's moments like where you're like, I can't tell if he believes in God or he believes he's a God. Like, like most artists, he most artists contradict themselves. He yeah. just t- he just took it to another level. His oh, contradictions yeah. swing wildly. Uh-huh. Instead of standing tall on like I'm the fucking greatest rapper alive, he wanted to take it to that level. He's like, I'm fucking. I'm a God. God. Yeah. You know because that's what rap is about, braggadocious shit and all that. You know so. He's the extravagant of the extravagant. He's going to take it to that level. I never personally took it like, yo, like, disrespectful. Like, I never doubted his, his faith. I mean, but when way. someone like, says, and, and, and I a am lot a of people god. people came at me like, oh, but you don't even know him, blah, blah, blah. But the only times I've ever been upset with Kanye was when he said the, the stuff on TMZ and pretty much the trump well, sla- slavery was but, a choice but yeah. when someone says i am a god like you don't even have to be deeply spiritual or a, a super strong believer in god to know like that's blasphemy at its like at its yeah. simplest like as as people who believe in god we aren't supposed to have other idols or or compare ourselves in that way to, to believing we're gods ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, I just never took it so literal. I knew well, it was some rap shit. Like, in my I, mind, at least. I mean, but he was saying it. Like, he believed it. And, I mean, yeah, apparently he, he did, based on the of, quote. Like, I thought I was the god of culture. Culture, yeah. Like, he did. Then, he's yeah. not the but first to say that also. Kind of thing. He's not the first in hip-hop to say that also. Like, if you think about it, um, even though Kanye 
is a self-proclaimed Christian, you have uh, like in hip hop music, yeah, the five percenters, you know, like uh, Rakim, the yeah. God MC, Rakim Allah, um, you know, Jay Z has referenced himself as a God, Hova, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Nas has referenced calling. himself. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, there, there are examples of it, right? But Jay Z doesn't go around saying like I'm a Christian and I totally believe in God. Like it's not a part of his message. So with Kanye doing that, it sends mixed messaging. You get what I mean? I feel like it's it's all right to compare yourself and that's, to God that's if story. you're not going around talking about I'm I believe in God and uh, you know. And I think that's a big part of his story: the mixed messages and, and him like feeling one way and feeling the other way. But I think that's what also can make you look at Kanye and be like, yo, no matter what, we all human. Sometimes mm-hmm. we feel this way. Sometimes we feel that way. No one's perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just because he has so much money, you want to hold him to such a high standard. Yeah, the money actually gives him the spotlight and gives him the platform to say these things and then go back and forth potentially on how he feels about it. And one thing I will say about Kanye is when he came off of moments where he said things that were potentially harmful, it may take some time, but he usually came around and apologized for it. Always said sorry. There were multiple times where, like, he acknowledged his behavior and said he was sorry or wrong for doing something that he did. You yeah. know what I mean? And and him going through the process of learning and, and being able to, you know, continue to grow and continue to figure it out is, is I thought, it was dope. Yo, Eric, you going to say something? Well, I was going to mention... um there is a part uh, when he's in Dominican Republic. Well, actually, even before that, before I get to that, the one thing that struck me, too, is like, like going back to Cootie and the way he was shooting it. I love that the way he shot that scene when he's talking in the car and he and he doesn't even have he's not even shooting Kanye's face. He was kind of shooting like his mouth moving kind of, but he was shooting the car moving and just like, like the road and stuff and just like the trees and whatever they were passing by at the time and stuff. And it was like, it was a, it was a cool perspective, but I bring that up because there was three instances that I counted where he cut the camera off without Kanye telling him. And it was the first time he ever did that. In Dominican yeah. Republic, it was the first time. Mm-hmm. And it looked like Kanye was having a manic episode mm-hmm. where where he was having one of those, uh, you know, he was, he was a person that Cootie said he did not recognize. And the way he was talking was not something he had ever, in a way that he'd never heard him talk before. You know, and that struck me that he did it three times, not only because the reaction of Cootie, but also like Cootie was like, yo, fuck getting good footage. Like, this is my boy. I'm not going to put him out like that. And like, Mm -hmm. if I feel even though he may not agree with me and he might feel like what he's saying is like some shit you need to hear and everybody needs to hear. I'm going to make the call to cut this shit off right now because I'm not comfortable filming him in what I perceive to be this type of space and the stuff mm-hmm. that he's saying I don't feel like is the right type of energy he's projecting and one of the, one of the I was just going to say the one quote 
in Dominican Republic. He's with the realtors. Mm-hmm. He's sitting outside and they're having a discussion and they're talking about some development or something that they wanted to build, I guess, in DR or whatever. And then he, the conversation takes a turn and Kanye starts talking about Taylor Swift and then the media and the public. And he said, post Taylor Swift, post media, he said, they tied... They tie both my arms and both legs to four horses. Horse crucifixion. All in different directions. They didn't know they were dealing with Deadpool, though. Those limbs grew back. Yeah. That was a crazy quote. He was also saying how, you know, sometimes I have to translate it from alien to English. I wrote that down, too. He 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 said he he just took meds last night because it it helps him translate alien to English because that's why he can't communicate with the public. And then he said, uh, like, can't communicate with the public because all I speak is truth and we're in a world full of lies. Lies. Some shit like that. Yeah, he was kind of going off. I know, the like, I got that he was just speaking. Like, even if it resonated in, in... a little bit with me where I'm like yo he's yeah like he's going off right now you can tell he's having a moment where Cootie would have to do the right thing and be like nah I can't put him out there like that where these realtors might be feeling like in an awkward situation well, yeah. just him going off like that you know yeah, he was no matter what he's saying you know that conversation, yeah. so it, it's deep it's deep that was a deep moment too and, and I like that deep. you brought that up that he had to cut it later on like it, it was the complete opposite of like college dropout and him being vulnerable and showing every moment it was like nah like we can't we can't put that out there like that we got to make sure he's right you know you know what i like how it ended the prayer was dope mm. there was a prayer that that cootie uh was basically saying at the end and i think i kind of touched him before he's basically the whole point of the prayer was that he was thanking god it was him coming to peace with what happened with, between him and Kanye and kind of just wrapping it up and just saying he's thanking God for placing him in Kanye's life and placing Kanye in his life and allowing himself to be used as a tool to kind of tell the stories. Like, I thought that was dope the way he ended it. Like, that shit was really artful. What you said earlier about them bringing back the the Donda clip where where he she has the quote of the giant doesn't see nothing when he looks in the mirror. Yep. Um I think that was purposeful. I believe that that was in there to kind of remind Kanye of his humble beginnings. That was purposeful for Kanye to see that, I believe. I think that was he, he was he made a directorial directorial um decision there. Whoever edited that, I think they were like, yo, let's place this here. Yep. And that's why it resonated with us from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know? What a great series. Oh, I was going to say one thing. Did, it, did you find it weird that Kim was notably absent from the documentary? Like, we didn't even see him. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even remember a conversation that he had with her on the phone at all like during that time when cootie and him reunited like he was talking to all these people and then he was in like all these retreats and she was never around i just found it kind of interesting and a little bit odd i'm not gonna lie i mean she was with pete no cootie just could (laughs) have been around when she wasn't around and 
or maybe I think was, it was yeah it could have been be that maybe maybe I would also say she was possibly doing her own thing or a lot of times we see cooties back around you know they're in DR or they're in and uh, look at Kanye he would be in LA and be like yeah I'm going back to Wyoming tonight exactly you know like Wyoming, that's the lifestyle but, they live you know yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't think too much of it. Though, but yeah, the only time we saw her was at the uh, Pablo listening. Yeah, event. Square Garden. Yeah, but otherwise, she wasn't yeah. there at all. Yeah. Maybe that was Kanye's call. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, legend. Incredible documentary. I hope Cootie wins all the awards for it. And I hope we see more stuff, whether that be cutting room footage that he may have, because he's had, he has hundreds of hours of footage that obviously this is a three-hour documentary that was condensed in so like um but i hope he gets more opportunities to do stuff whether it be videos i hope he continues to be around kanye because i think kanye needs people like that in his life but but um i don't know yeah i like that uh oh my bad i was gonna say i like that uh when cootie was finally putting it together during the pandemic because it gave gave a lot of people time to do stuff and that he was just going through the clips and just like just being real grateful and cherishing just all the footage they had and all the moments they created and uh it made me cherish yeah no but it made me it made me cherish shit like this even that we on a podcast because even years from now let's say we ain't shit (laughs) like we never make it right like even just being able to look back this shit like yo we you know we was having a good time we we you know we, we was putting ourselves out there kind of thing like yeah. so just cherishing the moments while while you going through them yo so who's who's cootie in this situation and who's kanye though i don't know <laughs> that ain't my call i mean i'm team kanye but nah i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay grounded <laughs> that ain't my call. we shall see I mean, does anyone want to be Kanye? Do y'all huh? want to be Kanye? Nah, I'm I want to be Consequence. <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know. Kanye just kind of took it real far. Like, I mean, that would be amazing too, but I've never really, not at that level, never really envisioned my life to take it to that level. Like, big, mm. sure. Not anything like Kanye has reached and accomplished. That's crazy. Yeah, do you kind of want to be almost that be big, scared. Though? I'd almost be afraid to be that big. I, I think I'm afraid. I would be afraid, too. I would be afraid, yeah. too. Yeah, but I, I, I do want to be at somewhat of a level to be influential in a positive way if I can. But the Kanye level is insane. But Kanye level is billion-dollar level. Yeah, of course. Billion dollars, man. That's, that's a long time, but nah. Billion dollars is scary. The fact that Kanye even somehow right now in this moment is just out hanging out in fucking Miami or some hanging out with all his rapper friends again. And it's like trying to get back to being himself. And it's like, bro, you're like a billion dollar guy trying to be a normal and and get in tune with your normal side. Like before you were fucking famous now, like it's crazy. Yo, but you know. You bring up him being a billionaire and all the power and money that he has, right? One thing that he says in the documentary that was, oh yeah, you know, that was dope. Also, is when he was reflecting, he he brought up influence a lot, and he was very very aware of his influence, 
and uh, he felt strongly about him having a responsibility and he he to, like, felt pay back everybody exactly and he, he was, was like, like i won't be happy i won't be satisfied until i pay back everyone that believed in me that was there right. for me that helped me like yeah but also he felt like because he had the platform because he had the access to see things that people don't can't see in chicago growing up how he used to grow up the average person can't touch the things that he touched they don't have the 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 knowledge that he has in terms of like the experiences that he has he feels an extra responsibility and an added weight to help those through his creations you know through the things through whatever agenda that he's trying to push out there you know and that could come off off putting because as he acknowledged he has problems with the way he communicates his ideas sometimes and they don't always come across or not they're not always received because of the way in which he delivers them but i credit for him for the fact that despite how big he got like he's always thinking about how can i offer this up to the world how can I do this? Like, I want to do this. I want to put a spin on this. I think this could be done better. You know, and like, he dares to be great in everything that he does. And it's like, people talk about it. He does it. To me, that's he what lives I always it. admired, though. Like, yeah. above all else, I always admire his, in some ways, fearlessness to try and, and, and like you said, do something great, do something new, do something different, change, help, show a way. You know what I'm saying? Right. Bro, and it's just inspiring. It's just inspiring to me, you know? 100%. But before we before we wrap it up, uh, I did want to mention the new game video. A lot of people have been talking about that, featuring Kanye, Easy. Um, dope record. Dope record. The video was dope too to me, you know. I like that they mixed in the claymation with the dark the dark visual and shit. Kinda like the City of God videos, how it was like dark too, but this time the more gangster side, like I don't know, like the West Coast, like everything game brought to it and all that and obviously, Do you feel like Do you feel like getting knee high boots and stuff? And actually like black I do. trench. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but low key. There's a Red Wing store by my crib somewhere, right? You know, the Red Wings, and those are like the boots he be wearing. I'm like, I want to go to that store and see if they have the boots, because if them shits are sold out, that's going to say a lot. <laughs> or or if they're like marked up crazy. Like, Yo, like, like for real, like dude, Kanye really is like the ultimate influence. <laughs> He's got a lot of stands, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Facts. Uh, Facts. But, yeah, um, I know a lot of people are talking about that video, too, though, because he's definitely taking shots at Pete Davidson, a.k.a. Skeet Davidson. He's not taking shots. He's threatening his life. Yeah, he decapitated him in the video and buried him. (laughs) In claymation. What does that mean? That means it's, it's characters. So, so was he supposed to do it? Was he supposed to do it? And if he did it with real life humans, you would say, but it's not the real Pete in the video. 
Nah, like, that what would say, you yo, say? That's like, a message. <laughs> it's a message regardless. Nah, I mean, I think we all then the got the message. What's what is the that? Difference? What's the message? Get the fuck out of Kanye's life. But Leave he's not. Him alone. Pete's not. I don't think Pete's like trying to be in Kanye's life. It's like Kanye is bringing Pete into his life in a way. I like, think more than necessary. He could just ignore that. Kim's not his property type shit. No, no. We already addressed that. I know, I know. Yo, honestly, Pete is winning. He's with Kim Kardashian. One of the most... (laughs) Listen, let's keep it real. Not only is he with Kim Kardashian, he's under the skin of Kanye West. Kanye has his name on his lips all the time it's skeet this skeet that every five seconds he's posting something on social media referencing pete davis he's in kanye's head bro i would never give another man that much attention if exactly I nah, yeah nah that's true like, that's exactly it's crazy like bro. i would never handle it the way he's handling it you got a bunch now, of real estate at this point now i feel like this is part of an act it's part of the act it's, it's, it's getting engagement. Aaron shooting Kanye Bell. I haven't I haven't heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have a problem with it though. Fuck it. But that's fuck, your reasoning. Fuck, fuck it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a video, bro. Like, who cares? It's not that serious to me. Like, bro, I mean, you don't like it, fucking Pete, and that's it. Like, he gonna keep dissing him. He gonna keep coming at him. He gonna keep until probably they break up. Who knows? I don't know. Or See, until but, he gets tired. But here's the thing with that. And this is why I find it dangerous. Normally, I would agree with you from the standpoint. I'm like, all right, it's a video. Exactly. Right? But we just saw a documentary with somebody who has bipolar disorder and is prone to manic episodes. And when you, not you personally, but when people and fans and people in his close circle gaslight him, and enable the shit. And, and enable behavior. When it gets to the point that God forbid one of these days he either hurts himself or hurts somebody else like a Pete, you know, then people are gonna be like, Oh, well, you know, um, I tried to help him and stop him or I blah, blah. but as long as he continues to be somebody who's a moneymaker and they can eat off of People are gonna stay quiet. They're gonna shut the fuck up because they want the bag, and they're gonna they're gonna ride the train until it falls off that track and it gets derailed. And that's the dangerous thing. And I feel like some of the fans, and I'm not saying you're specifically doing this, Aaron, I'm but I'm, I'm saying you specifically. But it's like some of them are irresponsibly, even in the comment section, gassing him up and hyping him up. I was gonna say Aaron's way. the dude in that comment section. Yeah, what Aaron's is that? By Zach. Producer, I'm not saying yeah. his name. I don't even Zach. care his, to say yeah, his name. I wouldn't that's Aaron's that. bur- that's his like, burner account. Yeah. yeah. He's from Philly. You ain't know? He's trash. <laughs> nah, I don't even. I never even knew about that guy. He's like, bro, corny. I don't even be in the comments of Kanye He's shit. Corny. Like, I just read his headlines, read whatever he posts, and be like, yo, my boy Kanye out here. You know, like, fuck it. Kanye, Kanye got his girl. She She's straight. He on his yeah. like third girl, the second girl just, that looks like so Kanye. So then what's the? So then why he got even? Why is it an issue? Like you've already, it's, it's gained already so much 
um, attention and, and media. So you think he's doing it because now of, he's just dragging it. So you, the video he bended that verse. Assuming? So they're being creative about the verse. They put fucking Pete in a body bag. It is what it is, you know. Thousand goons this afternoon pulling up so, to SNL. So, so you believe Kanye's actually unbothered by it, but he's just rolling. No, with I believe it for Kanye may be bothered by it. Like, like Eric said, fucking, he has his episodes. He, we just seen a documentary where he does deal with feeling one way, then the other, then feeling another way, you know. So he probably does feel a way, but at the same time, then he's still doing his own thing, moving on, having other women you know and i'm no, not he's definitely bothered fair. by it you know why i'm not saying it's fair that he could go and be with other women and kim can't be in a relationship happy. he's on his fourth divorce lawyer they just reported so kim for now two years or a year and a half has been trying to get declared legally single in the two eyes years. of the in the eyes of the law and she finally got that granted they are not officially divorced yet but they're on the way to that. So he got his fourth divorce lawyer. <laughs> He's scrambling right now. <laughs> right? So it's like, he can say whatever he wants, but it's pretty obvious yeah. that he is 1,000% bothered. got to move on, man. Come on, Kanye. This is... And then he's linking with a chick who looks, looks just like her. You're dressing the chick like her. Uh, the chick from, uh, from uh, Uncut Gems, what's her name? Julia Fox. He was dressing her like Kim also. It's a weird... Look, he even said he himself... He on it either. She came out and was like, yeah, I went and got the bag. Take notes oh, yeah, type was, like, shit. talking shit after, about it. That was yeah, weird to me. Yeah, after breaking up with Kanye. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, that I was... I thought it was a corny... I thought that was a corny little moment. Yeah. It was corny, but but let's be honest about it. She, if she was using Kanye, he was also using her, and she was oh, totally facts. fine with it. And she yeah, was facts. not; she's not a stupid girl. She kind of knew what was going on, yeah. like she knew it wasn't going to last. Yep. Yo, your first date was in Vogue, <laughs> like that was their relationship. <laughs> they had a photo shoot for their first date, and it, and it ended up being like in Vogue magazine or something. Nah, shit like I'm that. A, I'm gonna come clean. I think Kanye needs to stop fucking around with Pete Davidson. Just get over that shit, like, bro. Let the woman be happy and. Move on, bro. Nah, like, nah, fuck Skeet. Fuck Skeet. Yeah, fuck it. Nah, fuck Just throw him in another music video. Okay, exactly. now y'all talking my language. Keep, fuck keep on riding on Skeet. <laughs> <laughs> you can't drop that flag. Listen, if you want to drop that flag, I'm picking it up. Fuck that. Nah, <laughs> nah, we can't all that, be in agreement. Like, all jokes yeah. aside and shit, like I know I do be like, yo, Team Ye, blah, 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 and all that, and I do love Kanye just from an artist and the way he's impacted my life with his music but leave them alone bro like bro if you really think they corny or pete's corny then let him be his corny self that shit ain't gonna work out anyway mm -hmm. you don't want him around your kids you always have a say so in that you could just not have him around your kids keep that to yourself and that's it and move See, on that's, that's what it's about it's about getting on your grown man shit and saying something like that and and being about that like that's what kanye needs to do yeah. same way you just laid it out that's what he got to be on the last thing i'm gonna say it would be fire i know it's not gonna happen because if kanye came out and said yo he's corny and that's not gonna work so i don't no, care no no i think i would love it <laughs> pete davidson pete davidson like either going on instagram and, and posting stuff at kanye or tweeting 
doing like a series of tweets where he's roasting Kanye would be hilarious because first of all, I don't know how much y'all know about Pete Davidson outside of SNL, but like he's a funny dude. Like he's not like he he's well fully equipped and capable of like roasting Kanye. There's plenty of material. He could be shitting on him, but he's I, not I doing never found it. That guy funny. He's not Listen, you got to go see some of his roast videos. He's funny as fuck. He's right. funny as fuck. He's really good. I'm telling you. And you got to see Don't Fuck With Cats. You still haven't seen that. The fuck is that? The documentary we was talking do you, about. Do you even watch our podcast? <laughs> we talked really about that. Not only were you there <laughs> oh, right. to discuss it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Nah, but I, I, I feel you. Yeah, stand up for yourself. Don't be a little bitch like he's nah, saying I, I do you think are. He's, I do <laughs> but, think he's playing it smart because but nothing Pete, Pete would come out and say right now is going to stop the exactly. Kanye and I don't fan. Think so Pete, you just play it smart and then, you know. There's a bunch of people enough to, to risk the fuck toe in the line of oh, real life. Yeah, not only that, comment. but exactly. It's and real life. Because then if he get does involved. get hurt, because the fucking Kanye stands out there, you know what I mean? Or just in general you never know how he might trigger kanye you know so i think he knows like yo fuck it i can't even fuck around with this this is like real life shit that, this ain't he about got, he roasting got kanye shorty. he got his girl ultimately he's sleeping with his girl you know yeah. so and when i say his girl i don't mean kanye i mean like his own girl yeah, yeah. yeah. it's over for kanye and that Pete took his bitch what you gonna do pull up <laughs> it's a different side of you, right? <laughs> Yo, I'm back, I'm back Aaron, away. Aaron brought it out of me. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Yo, let me recenter. But on that note, not to end it mad aggressive like how we are, but <laughs> make sure you guys go like, subscribe, and comment. And follow us on all socials. Follow us on Instagram, No Politics Network, No Politics Sports. Follow us on Twitter, all that shit, you know. If you see us in the streets, follow us there also. Like, fuck it. No? Don't follow me. I don't like that. Spinning back. <laughs> <laughs>